for reasons that absolutely shock and surprise me. A lot of people who listen to the podcast have said they'd like it to be longer. Well, I don't think it's that crazy of an idea. I mean, people love you. So we are doing this. We have created a bonus subscription service. You can subscribe on our website, I don't need an acting class.com. Just click on the link. And for $3.99 a month, you get a lot of benefits. You get extended, unedited episodes, chapters of Milton's next book, personal audio responses to your acting questions. And what we're most excited about is our new series called Conversations on Acting, where we will invite actors of note to come talk about their process. If you are a subscriber, you will get a special invitation to that conversation where you can participate, you can ask questions. So sign up now to get all that good stuff at I don't need an acting class.com. This is Milton Justice. This is I Don't Need an Acting Class, the podcast, um, loosely based on my book, also called I Don't Need an Acting Class. I wanted to address an issue which I always find very interesting with actors, which kind of is an answer to the question, so why did you do that part? Or why did you select that monologue? Or why did you do that scene in class? And often the response has been, well, I related to him. It reminds me of a very funny story from years ago. Uh, I was in an acting class and a girl had done a monologue from the Eugene O'Neill play, Anna Christie. And Stella said to her, darling, why did you choose that monologue? To which the girl very naively answered, well, I related to her. To which Stella responded, why, darling? Because you're a whore? Because you've slept with every man in town? <laughs> so, um... <laughs> I don't know where this came up. I don't know when this was added into acting, but somehow or another, I relate to her is like, I don't know, permission to make these choices. Okay, so not long ago, I saw my friend Mel in a play. It was a weird play. It's a play in development. It's one that they've done all over the country. And so, of course, I'm an acting teacher, so naturally he asked me what I thought. And I asked him exactly the same thing. I said, Mel, why did you take this part? To which he said, well, I relate to him. I've been through a lot of the same things. Okay. The problem with saying I relate to him is somehow in the back of our mind, we think that's enough. That I don't have to do any other work. I relate to him actually, I think, cuts off the possibility of actor work. If you were to say, I'm playing a militant lesbian ex-nun, then you know that you're not a militant lesbian ex-nun, and so you have to do that kind of work. But this particular character, which was very interesting, because this particular character was gay, 
very, very abusive with drugs. And for Mel, it was something that he said, well, way back in the day, he said, I did a lot of drugs and I'm HIV positive. And so I went through a lot of things. And so I felt like I related to him. So here's the dangerous territory. Because we think that because we relate to somebody and we don't do the work, we don't ask the question, which is essential, which is, so what did I do as a result of that particular situation that I relate to? What did that mean? What is it that I did? Because you always have to turn anything in acting into something doable, into behavior. And I said to him, well, you know, maybe the fact that you had a lot of sex meant that uh, sex meant nothing to you. Uh, the fact that you had a lot of sex meant, uh, meant that you were desperate. You were desperate to be loved. And you have to really look back on it and, and then decide, does this work for the play or not? Uh, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Maybe the play says, you know, sex meant nothing to me. And I say, that's exactly me. Sex meant nothing to me. Then I have to go even further. I have to say, so how did that affect me? Well, it cut me off from people. Okay, so now I can sit back and say, I relate to that because, and it gives me something actable. The issue here is I am always looking for something actable. Um, I loved an interview that I read in the New York Times with Daniel Day-Lewis. What he said was, I've explored so many different worlds, but the thing they have in common is they were always entirely mysterious to me in the beginning, probably a great part of the allure. Discovering something that seems beyond reach sometimes impossibly beyond reach, that pulls you forward into its orbit somehow. Okay, if you're playing Abraham Lincoln or the Phantom Thread, you know that you don't know anything when you start, so of course it's going to pull you. I saw a great, great Q&A with Eddie Redmayne after a screening of The Theory of Everything, and you could just tell by the way he talked how thrilling it was for him to work on this part. He had to learn about ALS. He had, he had to study Stephen Hawking. He had to meet with the families of survivors of people who died of ALS. And all of this actor work, it just it brought all sorts of excitement to him, which is what we need with everything. Mel's problem was he was not specific. Uh, he wasn't sure exactly why he related to him. He wasn't sure what happened to him as a result of being like this particular character. I had this response during the recent revival of Mark Crowley's play, Boys in the Band. But, but mostly I had it when it was, I think it got Best Revival or something, the Tony Award, and, and Mark Crowley, when he accepted the award, he dedicated the play 
to the original cast. And what he said was to the nine brave men who did not listen to their agents when they said their careers would be finished if they did this play. They did it. Okay, it was one of the things that was wrong with the recent revival. All the characters in the play are gay and all the actors on stage in the revival were gay. I think it was actually, it was one of the press points. So it's different. It's different. Yes, they related to them because they were gay, but the play took place in the late 1960s. It, it took place before the Stonewall riots, even. So the whole relationship had nothing to do with being gay. It had to do with the whole idea of what exactly were these characters going through? And what you would end up saying at the end of it as well, that's got nothing to do with me. There's a line at the, at the end of the play where Harold says to Michael, you're a homosexual and you don't want to be, but there is nothing you can do to change it. Well, that has absolutely no resonance to an actor being like Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons is probably so happy he's gay. I think he's married. He has two kids. I mean, this is the and I mean, this is the most adjusted person I've ever seen. I mean, I'm just watching him being interviewed. So it's got nothing to do with the homosexual from the 1960s, and that's really the issue. Chris was doing a part. I may have mentioned this before. Uh, but Chris was doing a part where he was playing a homeless heroin addict who becomes a militant Muslim in a film. And then at the same time, Greg, who is Muslim, was playing a Muslim in the play I directed. Greg was having a terrible time. <laughs> I mean, bless his heart, he was going to a mosque, meeting with an imam, he was trying to find something. And Chris, on the other hand, oh, my God, it's just like, I mean, he was going absolutely wild. So it, he found much more playable things, I think, than Greg initially did. Eventually, Greg came up with all sorts of great stuff. But just his initial sort of idea, which was, I relate to him, I'm a Muslim also, really was kind of a stop for him. So look, the point is this, there is no avoiding what you know, nor should there be. But there is a danger if you assume too much. What you miss is the joy of acting, and I think that's really it. It's that wonderful thing that happens says, oh, I can't wait to explore this. This is absolutely amazing. Certainly, relating to a character can give you a road into the part but you have to dig deeper. For some reason, I have now started this whole collection of Russian words. Uh, one of them is the Russian word razbor, which means digging through the play. I'm absolutely sure that we need to add that word to our vocabulary. If you start as if you know nothing, you have the possibility of making better choices as you dig through the play and it forces you to look at the facts of the play with this kind of idea that they'll resonate 
And quite frankly, it is the only way we're going to ever get to Mr. Day-Lewis's mysteries. In our next episode, our get-together, I want to discuss something that had to do with an email I got this morning uh, from one of my actors uh, who asked the question, how much should we focus on backstory? Hi, everybody. It's Walker Vreeland. I'm the producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Director of online media is Evan Sollers, and music is provided by David DeJuice. If you have a question or comment you'd like Milton to address on an upcoming episode, email us at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Again, that's questionsformilton at gmail.com. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Thanks so much for listening.